This is Warrior Podcast, changing the world by introducing warriors to the warrior God. I'm your host, Elizabeth Andrade, here with Connor Shanahan, and once again returning, Mario Andrade, my husband. Today, it's a therapy session. Does that excite you? Does that make you nervous? I don't know. Let's talk about it. Therapy. But seriously, therapy, I mean... It's kind of a, maybe a little bit of a taboo of a topic. I know there's people who are really in in support of it, and there's a lot of stigma that surrounds um, mental health. So I don't know, Connor, what are some opening thoughts that you have on that? Yeah, no, I think that's great. And I think you're right. I think you're right. It is a topic that seems to place people in one of two camps, right? Either you are very excited to talk about this, or you are doing anything and everything you can to avoid talking (laughs) about this. And that's a weird place to be. That's it's a weird effect that this topic has on people. You know, I think I think one of the things that I love talking with both of you about and talking with Mario about. Mario, welcome back. Bro. Thank you, man. <laughs> <laughs> we should have been doing the the three trifecta from day one, but uh, I'm glad that we've got it. We finally figured out how to model the Holy Trinity in a very non-blasphemous way. Okay, <laughs> but I love hearing Mario about your military experience, and so I think, you know, from my perspective in in as we consider the life of the warrior, right? I think that my perspective growing up the son of a police officer and then serving myself in the army and now in the Air National Guard, in that warrior environment, in the life of the warrior, there's often somewhat of an extra hesitation to talk about this or to even seek out help. Has that been your experience as well? Have you seen anything similar or different to that? Well, absolutely. I think it's not easy for anybody to open up their life, open up their mess and talk about it. So it's definitely uh, something hard for people to do in general. And I have to say, especially the military, because we're built to be tough, right? We don't like to be sensitive. We don't like to cry. We don't like to talk about deep things, deep subjects. But I'll probably say most of the time that would be the best option for us. Even though it's hard to do, I think it has a lot of benefits. Yeah, my experience was actually a little different. My mom is and has been for almost 30 years now. She's a psychiatric nurse. So in our household, there was a lot of, you know, advocating for talking about your feelings and talking about what's going on and what's really the issue. So... I don't know. For me, it was kind of a shock going into the real world that, hey, not everybody wants to talk about their feelings. <laughs> and, and that's something that, uh, you know, some people just it's it's not so much of a common thing for a lot of people to talk about their feelings. Yeah, it's not. But we did on our very first episode of Warrior Podcast. <laughs> we sure did. Go ahead and, and check that out if you haven't listened to that one yet. That was we were talking about communicating and expressing our emotions. Just on that point, I think I think you're right in the way that you frame that and like, and your experience is so helpful for us because that's so true. Like what you grew up in your household talking about this reality that emotions can serve as an indicator of like what's really going on within you is crucial. And that was one of our main points in that first episode, that feelings in and of themselves are not necessarily something that we need to run from or that we should be afraid of or ashamed of having, that feelings and emotions are valid and understandable as part of the human experience and yet they also can be not only just valid indicators of, of how we're doing, but also indicators of activity within us, right? Activity within our hearts. And we kind of use maybe the example of like a check engine light. Like if you feel angry or if you feel really sad or really irritable, that actually might be a check engine light, a little warning that, that there's something going on within you that is causing that emotion or that reaction. I mean, I would think it would, it's just kind of like when you're, 
you know, maybe coming down with something, you have a headache, you have a fever, physical symptoms, you go to the doctor and try to figure out what's what's really going on. Those feelings, those anxieties, those depressions are oftentimes indicators of there's something going on within the mental aspect. Yeah, they definitely are. And Mario, to your point, what you brought up, just talking about your experience, like, even though we're often, and especially you, Warrior, we get it, Mario and I, we, we get it, and um, we've seen it and we felt it ourselves, the hesitancy to seek help or talk to somebody. What Mario said was, that's actually the best thing you can do. And that would actually be the most helpful for you. And we'll talk about this more as this episode goes on, but it's just, it's just such a, a fascinating thing that when we have these check engine lights or when we experience the anxiety or the anger or the irritability or sadness, the last thing we want to do is to seek help. And yet by talking to somebody or by receiving counsel, that would actually be the best thing for us in that moment. So let's talk about counseling. What is that? Maybe define that for us. Counseling, where do we get it? How does it happen? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a phenomenon, again, as we've discussed, that makes people nervous. But, but hear this definition of counseling and let it just transform the way that you understand it. Counseling is literally the transfer of wisdom from one human being to another. That's it. The transfer of wisdom from one human being to another. I mean, when you put it that way, it doesn't sound so scary. It doesn't. It, and, it, and it shouldn't. Again, like this weird stigma that exists that counseling is bad or that like, you know, maybe people think that, well, I don't want to go get fixed. I don't want to go to counseling to get fixed. Well, that's not what it's for. That's not the, the purpose of counseling is to receive wisdom, to receive counsel, to receive care from another human being who is either trained or has experience, ideally both trained and has experience in um, providing care and providing wisdom in that area. An, an example I like to use is is the metaphor of the gym because I think that that relates well to the warrior that, that we've we understand this that like when you want to get stronger, you go to the gym. When you have you know a muscle deficiency, if you're not you know able to max out your push-ups on your physical fitness test, you go to the gym and you start doing some presses and chest presses and shoulder presses and things to increase your strength so that you are more efficient at your job. You don't go to the gym to get fixed. You go there to get the tools and the training that you need to grow. And in the same way with counseling, if we are in need of wisdom, if we're in need of care, if we're in need of healing, then we go to counseling to get the tools and the training we need to grow and become more efficient uh, human beings and become more efficient at our jobs. Wow, that's beautiful. It kind of reminds me of the last couple episodes that you guys talked about discipline and motivation. It's more like a discipline practice, kind of. To go to counseling right. and receive counsel. You kind of don't feel like doing it, but as soon as you start doing it, you see the benefits of it, and then you, you keep going and going and going. Once you do it, you kind of realize that, hey, this is what I needed. This is, this is helping me to grow. This is helping me to get unstuck from my current situation and become a better person and become a more well-rounded person. Wow, I love how you guys have the power to transfer my thoughts into beautiful <laughs> words. <laughs> We're a good team, man. We're a good team. You guys are awesome. Okay, but, but there's something though that, that we need to discuss because this is something that I've heard so many times in the Christian circle is that counseling or going to therapy is 
not right. There's something wrong about it because um, all we need is God. All we need is the Bible. What are your thoughts on that? It's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's strong, right? But sometimes you have to say strong things for people to pay attention. And I agree with you. That's a popular narrative that gets floated out there that Christians shouldn't go to counseling because the Bible is all they need or God is all we need. Then why do you go to church? None of us are, are perfect people. And if the scriptures gave us all we need to be the most perfectly sanctified people, if, if the scriptures alone could transform us into the very image of Christ, why would we be here on earth? There'd be no point of living if we could just be perfect in an instant or if just by reading the Bible enough, we could be perfect. Then, then what's the Holy Spirit's role? Why did the Son send the Spirit to earth? Well, the Son sent the Spirit in order to sanctify us, in order to reveal to us more about the beauty of Christ and slowly but surely transform us into God's image until we are glorified, until we are with him in heaven. So I don't know. It's just it's such a silly thing that we we don't take that approach with sin. Right. We don't take that approach with anything else. Something that I've noticed throughout throughout the scriptures is that, you know, we're never called or we're never asked to do life by ourselves. Like God uses other people to help us just like going to the doctor. I mean, there's examples in scripture. I mean, Luke was a physician and there's examples in scripture where, I mean, there's talk of leaves being used for healing. That goes to say that, you know, medicine is good for us. And I I believe that the mental aspect through therapy and counseling and those means are a form of medicine that God has given us to help us to be able to live our fullest life. You're spot on. Like in that's in Ezekiel, right, where God tells them to use leaves for healing, to put that on your body to facilitate some healing. When the Apostle Paul is writing a letter to Timothy and he knows that Timothy's dealing with a stomach issue, he tells him to drink a little wine. Right. He says, sure, I'll pray for you and also drink a little wine because that'll help your stomach. If what you're currently drinking is not helping you, then this will help you like use this medicinal means to facilitate in your flourishing. And and really, if we even just take a step back and look at the big picture of Scripture, this narrative that uh, the Bible is all we need or God is all we need. And so we're not going to experience hurt in this world is so contrary to the story of the Bible, which is something that we spent a lot of time talking about. Let's do a little recap on the story of the Bible. Yeah, go ahead, Elizabeth. Give us a little recap on the story of the Bible. Okay, so the story of the Bible is, well, we've talked about this before, but but it's something that's so important that we need to keep coming back to. We need to keep reminding ourselves. And that is that God created a wonderful world. He created man and woman. And then man messed up. He brought sin into the world. And the moment that sin was brought into the world, everything was fractured. Everything became broken. And we were unable to save ourselves. We were in need of a savior. So God the Father sent his son, Jesus, to the earth in order to become that savior for humanity, in order um, for God to be able to redeem all things to himself. And one day he will make everything right again in the world. Mm. Come on, somebody, preach it. And so why then, if part of our story, part of how we understand the world, part of how we understand ourselves, if that includes everything being fractured, including ourselves, including our relationships, including the way in which we are wired, why would we be surprised when we need a little help? Why would we be surprised to learn that, hey, a little bit of counsel is beneficial for you because you're actually living, you're not only a a fallen human being, you're not perfect, but you're actually living in a not perfect, fallen, fractured reality because of sin. Why would we be surprised to learn that we need some help? 
it makes total sense. I mean, if we think about it, we're living in a broken world. Nothing's perfect. Everything's wrong. We're, we're going to need some help because we're messed up. Yeah. Genesis, Genesis chapter three, which records the fall, which records all of that happening. And then the fact that Jesus Christ died on a cross for us to take our sin and the punishment for sin onto himself. Both of those things combined is like evidence that we are messed up. <laughs> right? Because if we're perfect, then we don't need a savior. That we we didn't need Christ to die on the cross for us if we're perfect, if we've got it all figured out, if we've got some handy dandy tools that will help us to live a perfect life, a perfect counseling free life, then why would we need someone to die for us? And, and if Genesis three says that all things are fractured and fallen, then that is just further evidence that we are messed up. And I wanted to just introduce this this word. This is maybe a bigger word, maybe kind of like a counseling word, but the word is trauma. Hmm. And I want to be sensitive here because I think that a lot of people are stirred to go to counseling because of trauma that they have experienced in their past. I have personally known people who have gone to counseling seeking to identify their past trauma. They have been so sure and certain that they have experienced trauma in their past. And yet, because they feel it, right? They feel the effects of that trauma, but they can't remember or they can't identify exactly what the specific trauma was. And so I want to be sensitive here, but, but I want to definitively say Genesis 3, the fact that we are living in a broken world, the fact that we are broken human beings, the fall itself is trauma. The fall itself is traumatic. And I think that that Obviously, we live in a broken world, and a lot of us continue to experience specific instances of trauma, but I think there is also a a general sense in which all of us feel the traumatic effects of living in this broken world. All of us feel the traumatic effects of, hey, this life is not what it was supposed to be. Because of sin, I think all of us have felt the effects of trauma in some way. And the interesting thing, too, is I, I think that this is something that we all, I mean, as we discussed earlier in the podcast, for some reason, we hate talking about it. But that kind of seems like maybe even a human nature thing, even though we know that if we could just get it out, it would be better for us. We hate talking about it. We hate airing our our dirty laundry, our, our pain, our, our traumas, our everything that's, you know, whatever we're feeling. But that goes back to Adam and Eve. I mean, what did they do whenever they sinned and the experienced the traumatic event of the fall? They were hiding. Yeah, naked, ashamed, and hiding. They didn't want to talk about it. They didn't want to address it. They didn't want to go to God for counsel and healing and restoration. And so that is just wired within us. And so you're right. Maybe in some sense, we shouldn't even be surprised at the fact that it's difficult for us to talk about these issues because that's been ingrained in us since Adam and Eve. Well, and sometimes it seems easier for us to just... Not, not saying that this is wrong, but it seems easier for us to get someone close to us and talk about our issues. Maybe a friend, maybe a family member, I don't know. But that's not always the best choice, mm-hmm. just because we are all in different stages of life. And we go through different things and we have different backgrounds. Maybe your friend doesn't have the right answer for you. And it's awesome to have friends. I'm not, I'm not denying that, but I'm just saying that professional help is very important. To your point, there is there is um, a sense of community and, and, you know, being in fellowship with other believers, but we have to know who we can trust to give us wise counsel. That that's, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. Like sometimes 
we think that we're going through the same thing, the same phase, but not really. While it's good to have friends and good to have relationships, sometimes what we really need is professional help. Depending on what it is, right? Because we're talking about trauma and trauma can be something very difficult to work with. Even though sometimes we have good friends and we as friends will want to help other people. Sometimes we just don't have knowledge necessary to help in the best way. Yeah, no, I love that, man. I think I think that's exactly right. You could look at it through the lens of like tools in a toolbox. Yeah. Right. Like like if I'm trying to build a house, it's good and right for me to have some nails. And that's a good thing to have. And I'm definitely going to need that. And so maybe that's like your friends. Like that's a good thing to have. You should be able to talk about these things with your friends. But ultimately, those nails are not going to build me in my house. Yeah. I'm going to need some some heavy equipment. I'm going to need, you know, some heavy equipment to construct the walls and to put everything in place and to build a proper foundation. And so maybe some of those heavy equipment things, maybe that's like your professional help, your your counselor. Well, they're both good to have. Perhaps that counselor is going to give you that extra advantage towards accomplishing your goal. Having these, you know, tools in the toolbox, we have our nails and we have these heavy duty artillery, you know, powerhouse when we really need it to deal with our, our painful experiences. What have your, if you feel comfortable sharing, Connor, what have some of your experiences been in that area. Yeah, I have definitely utilized some artillery because I think that every human being should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you have an opportunity to use some artillery, get out there and get some, all right? Um, <laughs> but in all seriousness, I I really do think that all human beings because of what we've covered, because of the story of the Bible, all human beings would benefit from counseling. You know, I've talked with people and they're like, "Well, I don't know what I would talk about if I were to go." man, that's the counselor's job. Don't worry about it. You just get yeah. there. <laughs> you put yourself in that in that situation and and allow them to guide you and help you because we, there's all of us have areas in which we can grow and receive counsel and receive wisdom from other human beings. Before you go on, I just want to say that I could not agree more with what you just said. I fully agree that every human being can greatly benefit from receiving counseling. I know. I, I really do. I really, really, really believe that message. And, and so because I believe that, I've gone to counseling a bunch, <laughs> a bunch. <laughs> and um, I can't even articulate how beneficial it's been for me. I probably, I started going to counseling for the first time in 2018. And let me give it just a little shout out. I guarantee no one from Sandy Hook, Connecticut is listening to this, but hey, shout out to the Nervation Center, Sandy Hook, Connecticut, Jeff Schutz, best therapist I've ever had. <laughs> Shout out Jeff. But one of, one of the things that working with him and working with that practice at my time there, he and the whole practice really helped me understand this. And you have you, you even touched on this, Elizabeth, in your opening kind of story of just sharing how you grew up. But that, that just the reality that there's often something deeper going on behind the symptoms. I would even venture to say that almost maybe even every time there's something going on deeper. Yeah, definitely. So maybe let me give, let's just go for it, right? We're vulnerable people. Let me just give a very explicit example. Growing up throughout college and as a, as a young man, as a lot of young men do, I struggled with pornography and I knew that that was something that was just not contributing to the flourishing of my life and would not contribute to the flourishing of, of my future marriage. And so working with my counselor then, he was able to show me and help me to understand that that was actually just a symptom of my anxiety, that it was actually when I was anxious, then I was seeking some sort of dopamine rush. Or when I was anxious, then I was participating in some of these behaviors because that would temporarily kind of quell or calm my anxiety. And so if I had just on my own 
just kind of spent all my energy saying, man, I got to stop, you know, watching this stupid stuff and just tried to like white knuckle my way into, you know, a pure life that would never work because I was, I missed the root cause of the symptom. I, I was missing what was actually going on within me. And so now when I, when I feel those temptations to engage in that immoral behavior, I, I know it's like, hold up. I'm actually anxious right now. So let's deal with that anxiety and let's utilize some of the tools and tactics that I now have because of my counseling experience to address this anxiety, to battle this anxiety. And then I don't have to settle for these stupid activities that aren't actually going to help my real problem anyway. <laughs> That's so interesting. And the thing that, that I found the most interesting was that you you use the word root. That's something that I, I cannot even express how much that I agree with that, um, that if you hadn't gotten to the root of the problem, then you would never have received the healing or the knowledge that you needed in order to really deal with the problem instead of just try to hide the symptoms. And I'm reminded of this example that Mario gives so frequently, but it's so applicable to what you just said. And um, he has an example about, about the roots in our, in our, in our yard. <laughs> That's true. That's because whenever we first moved to, to our house, I I was never We let things get out of control. <laughs> yeah. I was I was yard. never <laughs> so concerned about how the yard was looking or whatnot. Until we finally saw there was like these weeds growing. It, it was literally like a forest in our back like it, it was, was like there was a lot of weeds. It was on our knees. <laughs> it was like really crazy. Mm-hmm. A lot of weeds growing. How do you treat weeds? Well, you take it from the root. Otherwise, it will grow back every single time. And even though you're using weed killer, it's not going to do its job if the weed is already grown. You got to get it from the root. It's painful. It's not an easy job. It's horrible, to be honest. But it's worth it. The yard looks nice afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, that's so good. That's a phenomenal example of exactly what we're talking about. That's so good. I just wanted to drop the name of one resource that has been helpful for me in this arena as well. And that is a book called Kill the Spider by a guy named Carlos Whitaker. Hmm. And uh, it basically just says, I don't want to give away the whole thing of the book, but but basically it's like a lot of us waste our time trying to address the spider webs in our life, you know, kind of these external issues. When really, if we killed the spider, the root of the issue then the cobwebs and spiderwebs would actually go away on their own because those are just symptoms of the root issue. So it's the same, it's along the same lines of everything that we're talking about, but it's a really well-written and and short book that I would definitely recommend to anybody who wants some more information in this area. I've heard medical professionals talk about physical symptoms and how, you know, a headache is like a symptom of something deeper and you have to address the root issue. And I also think that it's the same thing with mental health. You know, there's so many symptoms that are a symptom. It's that it's a symptom. And then the symptoms don't go away until we address what the real problem Mm. is, what the real issue is. And we have to discover what that spider is in our lives. And um, counseling is a great way to do that. What about you, Elizabeth? Is there any any lessons maybe that you've picked up or it sounds like you grew up with a, probably a more robust understanding of, in this arena than Mario and I did, but is there any experience or understanding or lessons that you've learned along the way? I, I've been to counseling. I've been to two different counselors in my life. The first time that I went to counseling, I was in probably seventh grade. And even though I had grown up in this kind of accepting environment of caring for your mental health and um, going to therapy, I still like 
I was really shy and embarrassed to go because I would I would get taken out of school like to go. So at first, like I was I was afraid of what my friends would think. And I'm the biggest advocate now. Like I'll tell anybody that, you know, I've been to counseling. I've been to 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 do that before. And it has been really helpful because I'm sure that I would not have been able to address some of the issues and the reasons why I was needing to go back then. Um, And I would still be stuck in the same place that I was, you know, however long ago seventh grade was quite a while now. Um, But I'm sure that going to counseling was the only way that I would have been able to move forward. Otherwise I would have been stuck and alone and in a really bad shape, to be honest, probably. Um, And the second time that I went, I was actually living in Lubbock. I attended Texas Tech University for one semester. Um, And going there, I actually had a lot of forgiveness issues that I had not realized yet. And that counselor there really helped me work through understanding what forgiveness is and how to do it. Because I think that I had gone through most of my life not really understanding what forgiveness was or how to forgive someone and she helped me understand how to work through those issues and it was a it was painful but it was I'm I'm, it was a great experience and I think that's maybe what counseling is a lot of pain but it's healing the pain so it's not a pleasant I guess experience but the result is worth it I would say if that makes sense yeah, that definitely makes sense. Just quickly, I, I love how your story illustrates that point that like, we don't go to counseling to get fixed. I've been to different counselors as well in different areas at different spots of my life to address different issues mm-hmm. because we're not going to get fixed. We're going to train. We're going to receive the tools and tactics and techniques that we need to grow stronger mentally and emotionally. And I think your story highlights that really well. Thanks. I appreciate it. Um, let's talk about options. What are the options that are out there? There are several options. There are biblical counseling places. There are clinical professional counseling, and there's places that do both. I think that they're all really good approaches because who made the brain, right? God did. And so if we're learning about how our brain is wired or how we can better steward, you know, our thoughts and our emotions, I think all of that glorifies the Lord. One last maybe point, even just from a military example, right? Like uh, I think that if you're serving as a warrior, if you're in the military, if you're in a first responder type profession, I'm sure that you know coworkers who would benefit from counseling, right? And, and a lot of us have family members and friends who we know would benefit greatly from counseling. But you can't force anybody into counseling. You can't force anybody into getting the help that they need. And, and that's a hard place to be. But I think that part of our responsibility in that space is to pray. And then pray some more and then pray even more and pray for that person to have their heart softened and to have an opportunity to attend counseling and pray that God would give them the desire to receive that kind of counsel and care and wisdom. Maybe just a quick word of caution, because I know that I've been there serving in the military. I'm like, man, this guy needs to go see the chaplain like tomorrow. <laughs> like, bro, I am going to drag you into the chaplain's office if you don't get out of my face, you know? <laughs> and it's just it's just not effective. It's not an effective way to do it. So I think the challenge for us is just to be patient with other people because we're all on a journey. And the Lord is very patient and long-suffering with us, you know, as we as we seek to come to know him and grow closer to him and become more like him. So just an exaltation, just to, to have some patience with people. We can't force anybody to receive help and, and just be a prayer warrior. Pray your face off for your loved ones and, and for your coworkers. And also make them aware of us. Make them aware of the resources that we offer at WGMHQ.org. 
wgmhq.org. And if you click on the care tab at the top of the screen, that'll take you right to a spot where you can book a free confidential appointment with one of our chaplains. And man, that's available for anybody and everybody. So we'd love to be able to come alongside you in that. Thank you for listening to us. If you want to trust in Christ, or if you want to learn more about making Him the authority over your life, or if you want to learn more about us, send us a message on our Instagram at WGMHQ. That's WGMHQ. We will make sure that someone gets in touch with you. This has been Warrior Podcast with Connor Shanahan. Warrior God Ministries' mission is to change the world by making disciples among military members and first responders and equipping them to be disciple makers and missionaries in their respective communities for the glory of Jesus Christ.